0: hope it isn't too rich.
1: No, it's fine. I'm glad it isn't too hot. I don't much like very hot things.
0: I don't blame you.
1: Of course you don't. You got burnt once. That scar right below your elbow. You remember? Of course I remember. How did it happen? Come on, we're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto Strange
0: Highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome back to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And I am Kevin, and uh, I wish we were coming back on a stronger note. Spoiler alert!
1: <laughs> yeah, um, wow. So, uh, like, we hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. Nice place to visit. Um, I, I apologize for the the gap. This was my fault. I, I had too much winning the weekend after we recorded, so I had to take a week off. I just kept winning and winning, and I just got, you know it was it was terrible. So I had to take some time to uh, to rest up, and then we're coming back to this. This episode that um, we both been kind of dragging our feet about hitting record on here because uh, I was worried that Kevin would like it. And then I'd be like, oh, no, we're going to have a whole argument about me being like too hard on this episode.
0: I was worried. Yeah, th- there are aspects I like and uh, we'll get into it. Yeah. So but
1: uh, this episode is um, <clears throat> I'm getting choked up just with rage. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, season one, episode twenty nine. Uh, nightmares a child. Uh, air date 429 Nineteen sixty. Um, I couldn't find anything for that date in terms of history. I did find that the next day on four thirty, uh, David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, was born. So nothing good happened this week in the, in nineteen sixty. That's like this episode aired, and then that guy was born. So it was a pretty lost
0: week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I found nothing for this date. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a. So did, did you yeah.
1: did you see the the documentary uh, Going Clear, the one that was on HBO about Scientology? I yeah. have
0: not yet. It's it's been on my radar for a while. I've I've heard great things about it's,
1: it. It's it is a sledgehammer and, and Miscavige is all over it. And you, it's and not that not that this is the Scientology show, but you see like how he wants to be so associated with fame, like how he tries to be so much to be like Tom Cruise. It's it's weird and it's a, a really interesting documentary. So if you guys have not seen that, check
0: it out. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess if we're on the topic of Scientology, check out Last Podcast on the Left, a uh, great show they're doing. They're in the midst right now of a three-part uh, Scientology series. Oh, it's wow. It's hysterical and frightening. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> is,
1: that, is that how you want to advertise your religion? Hey, guys, you should join us. It's hysterical and frightening. Like, I, I feel like that's uh, a, <laughs> I don't know, I'd be 50-50 on that. So, <laughs> um so- all yeah. right,
0: on this episode that has nothing to do with Scientology. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: just real quick, here number one song. We are getting into some interesting stuff. Stuck on You by Elvis Presley. He had, he had go. come back from the military. He this number one song uh number one film is please don't eat the daisies this one will be around for a while uh the gentleman with the hawaiian print shirt from um the monsters are doing maple street the one that was kind of the antagonist like the chris christie guy uh he's in this movie so i thought that was interesting again we've seen guys who are acting and then also number
0: one films at the same time so very nice yeah well my pompadour approves of uh the elvis song though nice so (laughs) all right so we'll jump into uh crew here we got directed by alvin ganser who we have seen twice up until now he did what you need and the hitchhiker uh we'll see him one more time it looks like this season yeah and uh. that,
1: that's and realizing that he directed this episode that's something else to uh because though because what you need isn't the the greatest episode but it's it's pretty good and it, it uh just it's it's a good i mean it's a solid episode and then the hitchhiker you, you and i both love that one yeah and that's a classic so it's just you know
0: i don't know and this was going in going yeah. in with high expectations right. for sure um oh there's something else i was gonna say about this director yeah he was the he was the first one i started noticing that hawaiian eye tv show that i talked about last episode oh nice um yeah still looking for that <laughs> as really i look crosswalk. for johnny midnight yeah so we'll, be, we'll yeah we'll <laughs> find him one day right uh, and this episode was written yet again by rod serling So we will jump into cast here. We have Janice Rule. Did you have? I was just going to
1: say say, featured music. Uh, by Jerry Goldsmith, not John Williams. I want to correct myself before it happens. Just <laughs> point that out. So, and I and the music actually, I feel like is the best part of this episode. So that's
0: I wanted yeah. to point that out because it's actually quite good. So yeah, trying to, I'm trying to draw attention away from that uh, screw up a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was completely
1: uh, on me. Like I feel like I feel like I got turned in my card. It's like Paul, I'm sorry you can't podcast about TV or, or you
0: know pop culture anymore because you screwed that up. Like I'm sorry. Here you go. Yeah. Eh. Eh. It happens. There's a lot of names rambling around in our heads constantly. So things are going to happen like that. So, all right, I'll jump into cast here. We have Janice Rule as Helen Foley, your main character. Uh, The only thing that I was really familiar with that she was in was uh, Robert Altman's Three Women. Uh, This was her only Twilight Zone and that she was married to Ben Gazzara at one point.
1: Yeah, I wanted to mention that. Jackie Treehorn from The Big Lebowski and also whatever his name is in Roadhouse when he's the jerk that runs the town. Yeah. Um, I also want to point out that she was in a movie uh, called The Ambushers, and I, I, I um, clicked on the link on Wikipedia, and some for some reason, someone had to include in the Wikipedia article about this movie, uh, and it says, in quote, where she was rather amusingly undressed by way of a villain's magnetic gun. <laughs> that I, I, sounds I, it's incredible. Like, it's like citation needed, you know, Like, <laughs> like but yeah. someone had to put that in Wikipedia, you know, so— I don't know how you get rather amusingly undressed by way of a villain's gun. I feel like now that's a crime, but back then people laughed at it, I don't know, but whatever.
0: (laughs) All right. And then we have uh, one of my favorite names we've seen so far, Shepard Strudwick, (laughs) playing uh, Peter Selden, who was uh, this, again, only Twilight Zone episode. Wasn't really familiar with too much of his work, did a lot of old Hollywood stuff, and uh, did some early voice work for the Looney Tunes Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice that. So. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But his IMDb promo actually cracked me up. Uh, it talks about his that he never really got that starring role because of his shady look. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I forget yeah, exactly worked. the wording they use, but it made me laugh. Um, let me bring it up here. It's so funny.
1: Because <laughs> I mean, you're oh, right. Because in this episode, the first time you see him, you're like, "That guy's a creeper," you know. So yeah. A very mis- m- like mistrusting face.
0: Yeah, they said he had good looks, but he was slightly shady. <laughs> that that's
1: probably that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I, I get yeah. On that.
0: And this this was a great role for him uh, with that slightly shady face. Um, <laughs> all right, and then the rest of these people, I don't really have much notes on them, but I'll ramble them off real quick. Feel free to interject if you have anything. Uh, Terry Burnham plays the Markey, the little girl. I don't know if you had anything, nope. a lot of TV work. She left, right. she
1: left the business at 71. So she was like, what, in her early, like late teens, early twenties at that point, And that's it for her. So,
0: yeah. Then we have, uh, only three more people for <laughs> a second. They pop up. We have Michael Fox as the doctor and not the Michael Fo- Fox from lost, um, Joseph Perry as the Lieutenant and then Morgan Brittany as the second little girl at the end.
1: So, interesting. So, I did some digging because I knew that we were going to be struggling to kind of talk about the episode. So, I was trying to find the, the devil in the details. Um, interesting thing about Michael Fox, he is the reason why Michael J. Fox has the name with the J in it. Ah, because when he had to register yeah. with the Actors Guild, you couldn't have the same name. So, that's yeah, where. Yeah, I,
0: I didn't make that connection. I knew that's why he had to do that. And, uh,. Yeah, I, know. I I didn't even make that connection. And uh, further,
1: yeah, this is this is, gets even weirder. He is responsible for something called the Doctor Fox Effect uh, that they did a, a study in the seventies, and it's it's like I, I went down a rabbit hole. I'm telling you. So they had him speak in front of like just a you know a classroom, and he gave this whole dissertation about game theory and psychology. And he gave a very like like he was very personable and talking and kind of making some jokes and gesturing, but what he was saying made no sense whatsoever. And then they asked the audience, like, "Well, how did you feel about the the presentation?" And they're like, well, we liked it a lot." Uh, and, and but then they also had someone give a similar presentation with, like, without the same like um, exuberance. And they're and, and like the the effect basically showed that as long as you are giving something that's very uh, how, how they like exaggerated and like you know, like it sounds like you know what you're talking about, people yeah. will believe you. And so right. I feel like this is actually Makes more sense. pertinent today than it was then. Because uh, they said the disturbing feature of the Dr. Fox study, as the experimenters noted, is that the fox's nonverbal behavior so completely masked a meaningless, jargon-filled, and confused presentation. And there's some, there's some video on YouTube of him talking, and he has a very upbeat voice. And what he's saying, because he's telling these little tangents of stories that like each thread kind of makes sense, but it doesn't make a whole. And, sure. and, but he's kind of speaking in a way where he just assumes the audience knows what he's kind of talking about when he makes references to things. And it's kind of interesting that this effect does make sense when you go into uh, like, not to to steer political, but we, but last episode was Donald Trump's favorite episode. So, um, when you have someone that's very charismatic, as long as they're rolling from point to point fast, you don't always question the message. You just assume that, well, it must be making sense because this guy looks like he knows what he's talking about. And that's, that's a verified effect. I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, it's real interesting. Um, I, I don't know what you were talking about but I agree I, <laughs> so I don't so
1: the dr. Fox effect is actually how I run my other podcast it's just an hour and a half of just me saying funny things kind of hey, that's, how, that's yeah. how
0: I run my life I have no idea what's going on um, and um
1: considering the fact that he only had like a single like line or two in this episode and you know so he's not a big player but h- like his life is like like I just I thought that was
0: interesting when I dug into it yeah who would have thought? Uh, the worst part of this episode had the most interesting point (laughs) amen right and here's one further strange thing
1: okay so uh, Joseph Perry uh, unrelated to Steve Perry the police lieutenant the one that's being talked to by the Dr. Fox he was in a 1998 film Is 98 that's not right anyway a film called Vibes is maybe 89 had Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper in it yeah it's 88 sorry Um, I've never heard of this movie have you heard of this movie I'm looking at it right now no. Yeah. So it, the plot revolves around um a ditzy psychic and her equally odd psychic friend and their trip into the Ecuadorian Andes to find the source of psychic energy. And it's supposed to be like kind of like a comedy adventure but with Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum. Like I just, this I sometimes search out movies that are questionable.
0: I've never heard of this. Yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, the the director's track record is not looking to uh He's got stuff called, like, The Big Miracle. It's like a inspirational whale movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Well,
1: people know that, though.
0: Like, Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. I, um, I don't know, though.
1: But under <laughs> under the box office portion of the Wikipedia page where it says, you know, box office, right? And, and, and it said, this movie was not a box office success. I,
0: that's the only bit of information about the movie. Oh, man. <laughs> he also directed Dunstan Checks In. There you go. Yeah, that, so yeah, that's, not that's going a monkey
1: movie. There you go. I, I couldn't help but I'm sorry I went down some uh some rabbit holes and then uh yeah, I thought that th- those those facts are way more interesting than the episode we're about to talk about.
0: Yeah, so uh you wanna watch vibes now and just talk about that? I don't I'd rather watch uh, watch uh Dunstan checks in. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like a prequel to Planet of the Apes, right? <laughs> so you just, let, you just let
1: one, you let one monkey, and all of a sudden, that's what's going to happen, right?
0: Anyway, Rod Serling has writing credit on Dunstan checks in. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, Rod Serling wrote Dunstan checks in.
1: Yes, you can fact check that it's true. It's absolutely true all right it's true uh
0: (laughs) best screenplays we have the best screenplays
1: yeah so (laughs) um so yeah i think that's the most we've talked about like for a very very small cast i think that's the longest we've stretched that out so i i again rabbit holes falling down and i'm gonna tease something in the after we get done talking about the episode itself i went down a further rabbit hole trying to find a connection to this episode so i think you'll like that too
0: nice all All right. right let's let uh rod take it away
1: month of november hot chocolate and a small cameo of a child's face, imperfect only in its solemnity. And these are the improbable ingredients to a human emotion, an emotion, say, like fear. But in a moment, this woman, Helen Foley, will realize fear. She will understand what are the properties of terror. A little girl will lead her by the hand and walk with her
0: into a nightmare.
1: I feel like that he he was using the Dr. Fox effect there, just adding a bunch of weird words to try to sell this episode. And I don't yeah. normally say that about Serling. I mean, it, the key it's a fine intro, but it doesn't it's, really
0: fi- it sounds pretty.
1: yeah, but there's there's not much there, you know,
0: and no. and, and that's yeah. kind of uh, this entire episode. It looks pretty, not much there.
1: Um, yeah, I guess right. I, I'd even argue that it doesn't even look pretty. There's some really weird uh, camera shifts and edits that are well, awkward.
0: I guess I won't say looks pretty but uh it has atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, I, with like, some of the performances, but uh, all right, go we're ahead. getting ahead yeah, of ourselves. Please. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Um All right, so this will probably be summed up in about 3 minutes here. <laughs> so <laughs> we open up uh what was her name? Helen Foley walks into her apartment building and it is the same apartment building from what was the episode, the boxing one called?
1: Uh, was it the Big Tall Wish? Is that the same one?
0: It yeah, felt like it. okay that's cool yeah I'm pretty sure it was the same stairwell from that so uh, yeah. she walks into her apartment building and there's a little girl sitting there and she invites her in for hot chocolate and the little girl knows way too much about her just knowing things about uh, where she has a burn how she got burned the fact that she doesn't like marshmallows in her hot chocolate just which, a bunch which, of random stuff that nobody would know why wouldn't knowing. you want marshmallows
1: in your hot chocolate are you a monster i feel like you uh, should have that you know
0: anyway well, she she's got problems <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it like uh, yeah so finally it gets around the little kid the little girl whose name is Marky, is asking her all these questions and she's like H- do people look familiar have you seen anyone today that look familiar and she remembers a a man in a car outside of the school, and Marky says, "You were kind of scared of him, weren't you?" And she's like, "Yeah, I guess so." And you get these weird vibes that something there was something wrong with this guy that she thought was familiar. And all of a sudden, she says, "Somebody's coming," and she runs out of the room. And she hears a knock at the on the door.
1: Yeah, like so. The, let's just stop right there. Yep. The idea that there's a kid that knows more than they should. Is creepy. I, I I'm not going to take that. I'm, I'm not going to knock the episode for that because the little girl. Even though there are a couple of times you see her mouthing the lines of the actress, like the uh, adult actress, so she knows mm-hmm. her pacing. So it's that. It, that's that's just a flub. But it's even creepier to me because it's like it's almost like she knows what she's saying. You know, um, yeah. the idea that there's a kid that knows that knows too much, and the girl had a look about her, like just her face, that really sold that, and that was very unsettling, and I was. Not that like um I know I'm guilty and I, I almost do this every episode of rewriting the episode of the, that we watched. Um, I was waiting for something bigger than what we got. Like, uh, and, yeah, and it was it was a decent setup, you know, because the questions were like they were oddly specific, but they didn't point anywhere. Like, so it was like you didn't know where this was going. So yeah. it, it was it, it was interesting.
0: The little girl creates a really good sense of dread. When she says somebody's coming and she like runs away and you hear the knock on the door. And after talking about this, this man that they're scared of, uh, you know, this mysterious man, it really does create a great sense of dread and sets up atmosphere that for the episode. Now, the issue is you can call pretty much everything that happened from this point on. Yeah. It, like,
1: yeah. It's it just, you, you didn't just bring a sledgehammer to kill a fly. You, you brought like, you know. A whole, well, I, a whole bulldozer,
0: you know? Like. Well, I, I wouldn't call this the sledgehammer yet, because <laughs> I, I think the sledgehammer is at the very end.
1: I, I was going to say, I think the sledgehammer is Marky's, like, final big big dialogue that she has. I think that's the overkill, and then the body's already dead, and the doctor's is poking it with a stick at the end. That's how I feel about it. Okay. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> All right. Because the whole episode... So, like, yeah. we, we've talked about other, other episodes where they, they give you enough of a breadcrumb, and I know you have given some of the episodes we've seen, um, more slack because it's like, it's a 24 minute episode. Like you got to get to the point. I feel yeah. like this one, it, it, uh, it wanted to leave you guessing what was going on, but then it almost felt like halfway through. It's like, crap, we got to tell everybody what's going on. So we got to just fit all this in right now. And it, it, it felt like it was slow to start. And then it just tore through all the revelations so fast that it just felt like it, it was very limp, you know, when it got to the finish line.
0: Yeah, and the revelations, uh, like I said previously, was they were just they were obvious. Yeah, there is there nothing surprising about the episode. Uh, I think that sense of dread that I was uh, talking about with uh, the man showing up once he does show up, all of that is pretty much lost. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. as soon as you get the reveal, um, it, with the conversation that they have. Just through his body language and his shifty eyes, and I guess his uh, <laughs> his uh, shady look, right? Like going back to that, um, you you know exactly what's happening. So it's not exciting anymore. It's there's no sense of dread. Um, it, it just went everywhere I expected it to.
1: Yeah, and it just, it you're right. It just became, it became very like Hitchcock light.
0: In, in the sense that, like. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Where it's just everything is set up, paid off. But yeah. All of the set offs, uh, setups and payoffs were a, a pretty standard.
1: Yeah. So we find out that, that he's in town briefly for whatever reason. Happens to see her and uh, and just checking on her because you, you kind of find out. Because with, with Marky being there, it's obvious that there's a gap in her memory as a kid. Like when she was growing up, um, the the, the main character, uh, shoot, what's her first Helen. name? Helen. Um, so you start to figure out that she's finally got her life put back together after some traumatic event. So when he shows up, he's like, "Oh, I see. You know, like how? Like, did you do you recall anything that happened?" Which is basically like, "Hey, do, like, you know, like I shouldn't be here poking the bear, but do you remember anything? You know, like he, he and he's trying to determine if she remembers anything about the night that her mother passed away, and." You start to figure out that, like, as as time goes on, she's starting to put together pieces, and she's uncomfortable with him. And uh, eventually, he steps away after he asks, "What she?" Because she notices that the, the the hot chocolate that she made for Marky wasn't even touched. And so she has a, a really weird conversation about a girl that's not there with the guy that she barely knows about a girl he he doesn't know. That felt weird
0: to me. Yeah. Um. But and he, then yeah. And then as she's talking about Marky. He pulls out. He realizes when she says a name is like that's what they called you when you were a child, and pulls out a picture of her as a child.
1: Yeah, which is the exact same girl that's that's been in the apartment.
0: Yeah. So there's like four sledgehammers right there.
1: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) All we needed was Walter Jameson and Civil War year, like right behind her posing, and it would have been perfect. You know, I've been like, oh, that's a photo.
0: positive thing uh number two uh the <laughs> sense of dread in the first two minutes uh, I, I dig it <laughs> the first two um, minutes yes the second thing is his performance and i don't know if it was again with with that imdb write-up for his biography i don't even know if it was intentional or not but he was uncomfortable he has a line that said he had sort of a crush on her yes. when she was a kid and he is significantly older and he says that she was probably about 10 years old. So when we see the flashback that she ends up having of the night, her mom died, um, you see that he's significantly older. So his shifty eyes and his body language just standing too close to her. You see her, his eyes kind of looking her up and down the entire time. And it made me really uncomfortable. And whether or not that was something he was doing on purpose, <laughs> if it was intentional or not, um, it worked really well. well to just, it, it, it weirded me out and I was uncomfortable. Yeah. I got to give him credit <laughs> for that. And she was great too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna give it to all the actors in this. They saved what was probably one of the worst uh, teleplays we've seen so far in the season. They took that and did something with it.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that, absolutely. And the fact that, like, he said, like I had a crush on you when you were ten or eleven, but you look just like your mom. It's like, it's almost like he's just like you know, he's looking for another victim, in, in a sense too, right? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. he's trying to to see if she remembers what happened, but at the same time, it's like. He really wants to do this again. So I think that was intentional. Um, I will, not to show my hand too much, I will say this is my least favorite episode so far. The performances oh, wow. are okay, but I feel like I shot an arrow into the air, had more potential, and that's what makes me mad that it didn't quite do anything with it. <laughs> and Mr. Yeah. Denton on Doomsday wasn't a great episode, but at least it built a world. You know, like, and um, and there's some interesting things in there. And we still had Mr. Fate and the gun fixer. And, you know, there was enough there. And um and what's his face? Uh, oh, uh, the actor at the very beginning that I was surprised to see that was in that, that's still around. So, like, there was things in there that I liked. And it was a Western and it was okay. But this one feels like, so far, like, you've mentioned the dread of the child, the, the dread of this guy. There's a flashback, which is the first time we've had a flashback in the series. And it was still a little weird. Um, I feel like these are all pieces, parts that Sterling had in his head and tried to sew them together into a hole and none of the links were right. You know, it just yeah. felt like yeah. very like just it, it came out of the womb, like deformed. And that maybe that's harsh language, but that's how it felt.
0: Yeah. And no, I, I agree with you. I I don't think this was a good teleplay. I don't think it was necessarily directed all that amazingly, especially compared to something like The Hitchhiker, which yeah. was one of my favorites so far um yeah i, th- I think there's a, definitely a lot wrong with this one but it, i still enjoyed it to some extent just based on those performances So uh, that, that those are my two positives i'm gonna say <laughs>
1: well it's like uh, it, like so like to, to get to basically we'll just get to the end here so uh she had the flashback she realized that he he killed her mother and then when he shows back up again basically he's like well now you remember which he should be like. Now that I showed up in Chicago and sparked your memory, now you remember. So it's his own fault. But whatever. Um, they have a tussle outside of the apartment, and it's 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 not quite clear what happens to begin with. But he falls down a set of stairs that's not really shown until he falls down them. You know, it's it's an awkward it's an awkward moment. However, there is when he's lying on the tile dead, and everybody's like kind of looking at him. That angle downward is very reminiscent of Psycho, and that movie isn't out yet at this time. Like yeah. from and so it's like it that that's the one shot in the whole thing I liked because it was from the middle part of the of, of the floor going for like when the stairwell went down and then turned and went down again, that was very psycho-ish, and I don't yeah. know why but I love like the framing you said, of that
0: kind of Hitchcock light and that's something Hitchcock is uh known for so it, it's it's just him kind of emulating Hitchcock style in this I, I guess from I mean, Rod it was Serling weird, yeah. to Alvin Ganser.
1: So then, you know, um, she's okay. Uh, Marky's gone. Oh, sorry. we, we I, I guess I skipped over the fact that Marky straight up just says, hey, I'm you, you know, to her. Like, don't you get it? I'm you, you know? And it's <laughs> like, no, we get it. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm you. And I'm like, we get it. She's like, no, I'm you. You know,
0: it's so, it, it's like, oh. Yeah, that's a positive thing. <laughs> Number three,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're just like positives. I'm just like, burn it down. Anyway, go
0: ahead. Uh, during that scene where she's like, I'm you, I'm Marky. And uh, she turns around to look at her again. And uh, Peter is standing behind her. Yeah, it actually it, it did surprise me a little bit. I, it was a almost a jump scare. So I, I did enjoy that yeah but I'm, the leading up to that that whole i'm you i'm you thing is really annoying and then uh we forgot to mention twinkle twinkle little star too which is a <laughs> reoccurring <laughs> thing in this
1: uh, i blocked that out and i watched this sh- yeah. episode twice yeah you're right sorry um Wait, yeah
0: so here comes the bulldozer after <laughs> after the police come <laughs> and uh they look at the body and everything they shut her apartment door and they have a conversation and they pretty much explain the entire episode again.
1: Yeah, it just, it was so, so blatant and spoiler alert. You're going to hear that at the very end of the episode, um, <laughs> like the explanation. Damn it. Because I mean, it's like, I like, so a little bit behind the scenes here. I try to find something at the beginning of the episode that, that ties into the episode itself. This one was a wasteland for me. It felt like either it was too much or not enough. And the scarring between the two of them, between uh, older Helen and younger Marky, that felt like that was at at least a decent part of dialogue, but the rest of it was so on the nose, it hurt. And then the doctor dialogue at the end is so on the nose that that he shoved his finger into the nose and into the brain, killing everybody. And I figured that would be a good way to to end an outro, because I always try to find something kind of funny for the end. And this isn't funny. It's just like, by the way, audience, I'm going to turn and look at the camera directly, which he doesn't do, but you might as well have. Just yeah, say
0: it's, it. It's infuriating. You know, I, I've said three positive things about this episode now, and all of those positives are basically erased during that final scene.
1: Yeah, and because
0: and, yeah. it it is such, and I and I understand. You, you it's earlier. You know, the audiences aren't as sophisticated as today. You know, we've we've seen things like this a million times now, so watching it now, you can guess everything. You understand everything. Um but we have seen twilight zone episodes so far that have been way more vague and way more intelligent and treat the audience with so much more respect that this is just mind blowing to me
1: you're right like even as much as i'm not a fan of the ending of mirror image it left you to determine what happened you know yeah. like and just that
0: yeah, and it it treats you as an intelligent viewer <laughs> and that's why twilight zone is so well regarded and is held up this long is because it was a smart TV show is ahead of its time. It still holds up with writing and everything in in the current uh, world of media right now. And it, this episode just feels so dated just yeah. from a storytelling point of view. It, it feels like it, it's it, infuriating.
1: Yeah. It, it feels like 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 another network's like, hey, we got to have a Twilight Zone episode. Give us one. And someone's like, I kind of have an idea, you know, and it's like, OK, cool. You know, and it just it it just feels like it's it is definitely I mean, I'm glad I watched it because one, I'd never seen it before. So I did not know what to expect. Um, And I know the whole goal of us is to watch all these in their completion. So I'm glad that I've done it just for the sake of of collecting, knowing that I've seen them and it it will help me further speak to future episodes. Right. Because hopefully we have some coming up that have involved children that are creepy, that are better. And I bet you there are. Um, yeah, I'm so sure. I'm thankful for that. And I and I, I guess before I get too much into saying that I I really did not like this episode. I, I usually watch these with, with my wife, like the first time blind, just because I just wanted to experience them. And I think that's fair to the episode. I don't want to overkill with research. And we just watched it, and I was just quiet. And then we got done, and I looked at it. And I was like, huh, that wasn't very good. And that was just <laughs> kind of like... It just felt really flat to me, and, and 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 her her bar of what she likes and doesn't like is a little different than mine. And she was like, "Yeah, that wasn't very good." Um, so, you know, it, I, I don't regret watching it. Uh, at the same time, I, I hope to never get back to this one again, unless something changes my mind completely. Uh, but I don't want to be I don't want to be an absolute pyromaniac to this and burn this down to the studs because I know you too late. Well, I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, though, you've given positives, and like yeah. listening, and, and I'm gonna you know just shout out. Uh, tell Goro a talk without rhythm, even if he doesn't like something, he doesn't want to automatically set fire to a film. He wants to, to to find the redeeming qualities of it. And so and thankfully you brought that side of the argument because I agree with every one of your points. So I don't want to just be a hater because it's way easier to say you didn't like something as opposed to finding what the intent was, you know. Yeah. And this one is really challenging for me.
0: Yeah, um, I, I do like your point <laughs> More of a joke saying it's another network trying to emulate a Twilight Zone episode. But I I really am going to stand by. I think the performances are above par. I, oh. I think all three of the main characters, not counting the doctor and the lieutenant, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the main three, Marky, Peter, and Helen, uh, I I think they are really good for what they're given in this.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and Marky, I mean... Like, um, you know, kid acting has been it's been an evolving art.
0: So she did fine. You know, like, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm usually this era of uh, children actors. I'm usually a little bit more forgiving than I am now.
1: Well, like even like the young kid in um the real, that was it, the big tall wish, uh, except except for the end where he was like sobbing. Shit he was really good, you know, and it's like...
0: Yeah, he was fantastic, the rest of that one.
1: Yeah, and and she was fine. And and the fact that she was very standoffish, kind of, you know, it's basically she was smarter than Helen. And you got that. That
0: that first five minutes, again, I can really stand behind, because she, before you... It it, it takes about two minutes to connect that it's her um, as a child. But before you realize that, she is creepy. Yeah, absolutely. And and that might be more of just her face, because she does, she has... I, I don't know how to explain it. She has an old face. No, you're right. Like it, it looked. It looked like, you know, she 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 knew. had some wisdom. Yeah. as a child, which is, it, it's strange to see. So it, just her look, and I guess it's kudos to whoever was casting for this. Um, th- that may have been what saved it. But yeah, her. I mean, I guess her performance was take it or leave it. Yeah, Otherwise. I mean she
1: she could only in, in the fact that she was mouthing <coughs> the other actress's lines to to keep pace even though that's a it's a it's an obvious flub. You could tell she was committing and she really wanted to,
0: to, to get it right. You know, and yeah. like that speaks and maybe maybe it was the serious face of concentrating that I mistook for wisdom. <laughs>
1: <I> mean, <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm the wisest person in the workplace every single time I look at anything. And I'm like, that guy's really wise. It's like, nope, I'm just I'm just concentrating because I'm really confused right now. Um, no, she was fine. And it's like, but ultimately, though, so so what we're talking about here in this episode is uh, Helen was she was becoming well adjusted. She had a trauma. Uh, she was doing okay. She ended up working in, a, in an environment like she was like a teacher working with kids. So you feel like her previous e- like problems led her towards wanting to help other kids with problems. So that's kind of cool. But yeah. she was actually doing okay until the guy who screwed up her life showed up just to see if she remembered. So if he would have stayed well enough away, there would never been any problems whatsoever.
0: Yes, so- but uh, one could also argue that. Since he brought back those repressed memories, uh, she would have never dealt with it. And at the end of this episode, she is kind of set free from that part of her life and she's able to move on from it. So without him showing up again, she would have never been able to deal with that part of her past.
1: That's true. I mean, because it's pretty much the tip off is that she saw him when she was out like walking or whatever. Right. And that's where that's when Marky
0: showed up again. Yeah. So you know. he just pretty much set off her uh, subconscious, and uh, those repressed memories were starting to come back to her.
1: Yeah, and like that, I'll give Sterling credit. Like he was trying to take a high concept and make it like filmable, you know. And that's yeah. like, and that that's interesting. Um, it's like it's just like that movie um, Identity, which the first three fourths of that movie is great. The ending is terrible. I do yeah, not I like. It. You've not seen Identity. No. Oh. Okay. Well. Um, all right. I. It, so a lot of it does deal with um, a number of people. Like, it, I guess I'm giving up the ghost here. I apologize, but they're all at a, like a hotel in the middle of nowhere, and someone keeps killing off the people, and you don't know what's going on, and then you start to realize maybe that this that what's going on these these are all different fragments of someone's personality, and that the dominant one is starting to take out like the the more kind, and more like um inclined portions of the personality and it's it's actually kind of the way it's it's done it's done very interesting because it's like what do you do when you have an aggressive part of yourself that's like killing the kindness and the humanity of yourself um so it's it's you know it's very like you know on the nose just like this episode um the ending i don't like i'm I'm sorry i thought you'd seen it so now i've ruined it for you and everybody else listening to this episode if you've not seen it um, it's, on. it's worth watching Jake Busey's in it he's always great because he <laughs> looks like freaking Jake Busey you know but um, so, th- so the manifestation of memories though this also kind of reminds me you've, you've seen Secret Window with Johnny
0: Depp yeah long time ago it's still,
1: still kind of the same thing right there's some guilt there's some other stuff coming up and then it, it kind of bubbles up into a manifestation that, that you know you don't know if this person that's antagonizing him is real or something that's in his head yeah. That's that's a tough, that's a tough rope, a tightrope act to, 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 to actually cross over and tell a good story, you know? Yeah. I mean, just like Fight Club. I mean, how, you know, the first time seeing that movie, you had, I, I had no idea what was going on. And then when it's revealed, you're like, oh, well, that all makes sense now, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well,
0: like you said, it's a, it's a really high concept and for him to try it in 1960 is uh, admirable. Like, I, I think it's uh great, but. I, I don't think he had enough faith in the audience. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. I, I, I think he just got caught up over-explaining it, and that's really what hurt it. Yeah. So, uh,
1: do you have any other other notes about the episode or anything else? Because I feel like I feel like I beat it up too much. So I apologize to Nightmare as a child. Um, but I just I I was gritting my teeth coming into this because I'm just like I don't want to be the hater. But there's there there's elements that are okay, But overall, I did not like this episode.
0: Yeah, Uh, no, I I think I hit my three positive (laughs) points. That was my that was my goal. All
1: right. So um, so talking about um, buried memories and recovered memories, uh, I started going down another rabbit hole. And so there was something uh, I know you're younger than myself and I'm not sure what year you were born. Pretty sure it was in the 80s. I hope it was in the 80s. I'm crossing my yes. fingers here. Okay, good, yes. good, good, yes. good. I was born in the 70s. So um, so we're, we're just friends. We're just, you know, age is not a number. But so th- do you remember the panic about, like, the satanic cults in the 80s? Like, everyone's like, oh, the cults are going to come get you, like the Halloween worries and all that, where you go yeah, trick-or-treating?
0: I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I have some great uh, VHS, satanic panic stuff.
1: <laughs> there you go. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. So there was something called the McMartin Preschool Trial that I started reading about. And it was the one that kind of triggered off this whole big panic because there was there was a lot of reasons like that was kind of formulating like this like f- like uh, f- uh, fueling this panic that there was this big satanic cult movement happening in America, and then something happened where this lady accused someone at a preschool of assaulting her kid, actually accused her of sodomizing her kid, and so then it becomes this whole big like uh, just wildfire that took off from there, and then you find out later the lady that accused the workers actually had mental illness and like it was documented and no one bothered questioning her about that aspect of this when she came first with the charges and it became this trial that lasted like over the course of seven years from like when it all started to when the trial actually ended, there was all these accusations about all these kids that were, um, that were saying that these things are happening at preschools. Um, and the thing is though, like the, the reason I tie this into this episode, because, uh, even though I feel like her real memories are coming back and that actually helped her save the day, there's been a lot of debate about whether repressed, repressed memories are actually a real thing. And if, um, if they're not backed up with evidence, do we take them seriously or not? And with this whole trial, the, the, there's someone who – it uh, there's a social worker named uh, Key McFarlane uh, who actually questioned a lot of these kids, and she developed a new way to question them. And that's where the whole joke of show me on the doll where they touched you. She yeah. used that as a way to, to try to coerce kids into telling them what happened. Yeah, and it's it's like she was leading all these kids, and they were coming up with these crazy stories. Huh. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's just like one of those things where you start like thinking that's a joke, but it actually happened, right? So, um, what was it? There of all the arrests made, there was no convictions uh, at the time when it was all said and done. It was the most expensive uh, trial in U.S. history with yeah. no convictions. Um, and the and the interesting thing here, what was it? Ah, uh, when shown a series of photographs. Uh, by Danny Davis, who was the the lawyer that was um one of the lawyers in the case. I can't remember which side. One child identified actor Chuck Norris as one of the abusers, so he just showed a bunch of photos. It's like which of these guys abused you? He's like that guy. And it was Chuck Norris. So, um, but it was weird. Like just all <laughs> yeah, the stories that's, that's... they came up with. They talked about tunnels. They talked about people flying. They talked about sacrifice. Cause these kids were all like, well, they wanted me to talk, so I just started talking. And it becomes, it was this whole, like, I it was, I remember this. I remember going out trick-or-treating and my mom went with us because she heard that that kids that were blonde-haired and blue-eyed were being taken by cults. And she was terrified of this. And she had one those of little, those little mini Louisville sluggers, like the ones that are about the size of your forearm. She had that upper sleeve of her shirt or her jacket while we went out trick-or-treating. In the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, um, in a town of, like, you know, a couple thousand, she was waiting for those sat- sat- you know, Satanists to come get us didn't happen but the whole idea of, of forced memory and recovered memories like i that's about as close as i can get to anything tying to this episode and again the mcmartin preschool preschool trial
0: way more fascinating and interesting than than i feel that like what we episode. watched <laughs> oh man yeah well i guess a tie a really tying in that in the episode what if uh what if peter selden didn't exist either i would have liked that
1: you know like yeah. the whole the whole thing of like she witnessed something bad happen, and then like like you have um, I don't know you have the younger self trying to protect her against this other darker thing. Like I another movie. Did you see Split the Shyamalan movie? I have not. It, it kind of deals with some of the same ideas, and that's not giving anything away because uh, the whole the whole thing of the trailer is that you know that. um uh, what's his name? Um, Xavier, uh, the actor, uh, whatever. He has like 22 identified personalities and he shifts between them. And so you get the idea that there's a power struggle. And so it's it's interesting how these personalities will come to protect him or have their own agenda. So I was expecting something like that, but maybe that's too high concept
0: for this time. Yeah, I think that's a step too far. Because I was going to say, if it didn't have the police and the uh, doctor outside explaining the episode you could almost take it as that you know after she kills that guy who knows if he actually exists if they would have left it at that it would have been again here we go rewriting but i think it would have been a little bit more solid yeah i I agree um then you could you could interpret it either way um yeah i I think he just hammers things down a little bit too much that (laughs) is not really left up to uh your own devices there
1: which is weird because you got something you have other episodes like you've mentioned that uh leave so much in like the the margins that they don't explain why and you just assume. Like the last flight, you're just like, Well, that's a weird cloud and that's how it happens, and that's fine. And you just accept
0: it. I
1: don't know what his his <laughs> They come goal... back.
0: Now the cloud has this chemical in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's only British World War One pilots fly through for only a day and a half or whatever, you know, like that, like that would be weird, right? It's, 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 a two, it's, it's, it's only, it's two ways, but you have to be British and be a coward, you know, like what? Yeah. So, um, it's almost like the end of, uh, episode three of star Wars where it's like, oh, Leia died of a broken heart. Do we need that? Like, do we really need that? She died during childbirth. It's not because her heart was broken, because a uh, wooden actor man broke her heart, you know, whatever. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm really so, against this, so I apologize. No. So, that's a nightmare as a child. <laughs> <laughs> and see. Oh. All right. No. Um,
1: so, yeah, let's just go ahead and we'll, we'll get to the twist. <laughs> you'll like my twist. I wrote two question Mark. I don't know. Like, cause I'm just trying to figure out what the twist really was other than it was herself talking to herself or it was him, him coming back and jogging the memories. Both just, acceptable. Yeah. I don't know. i I don't want to give it a one, but I just, I just, I'd, I don't know. What do you got? You're, are you going two? I, I, yeah, two question okay. Mark. That's I to had two in. question Mark.
0: <laughs> so I wasn't sure if that was the final answer. Um, uh, I'm you're going to laugh. I'm going to give it a one. Whoa. Yeah. I, I think this is a weak teleplay. I was not surprised by anything that happened in this. I was actually irritated by a lot of the storyline. <laughs> um, but again, it's not a complete flop for me. So that that's twist rating only. I, I would say if you haven't seen it, check it out once you might get something out of the performance, uh, at least you have a creepy first two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying my
1: best. Fair enough. Uh, All right. So, yeah. All right. So, that we had a, you know, I, I'll say, I think we had a really good conversation about an episode that I was hesitant to talk about. And I know I've said that before. I was really hesitant to talk about this episode. And I'll also let you know that I watched this before telling you that I needed to take a week off because I'm like, I don't know if I want to sit down and write notes about this episode right now. So, you know, it's just kind of one those things. Where I'm like, I'm tired. I don't want to deal with this, you know. So that's what happened. Um, yeah, uh, that's it. That's Nightmares as a Child. Uh, next episode is a stop at Willoughby. And it's not Willoughby, Ohio. I, it's somewhere. Um, I don't know if you've seen this episode. I've seen it before because I was living in Willoughby, yeah, Ohio. Seems... Yeah, so... I think this will be a good one to talk about next. Uh, But, Kevin, how can people
0: find us? Oh, man, it's been a while. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Strange Highways Podcast. You can email us at strangehighwayspodcast at gmail.com. Leave us messages on what you think of our show. Let us know uh, what you think about the actual episodes of The Twilight Zone. Leave us emails, voicemails. Love to read them off on the show. Uh, what else am I missing find us on iTunes Stitcher and Google Play Music and it would really help us out if you'd rate and review us on there as well
1: yeah like um, that's my call to action for you guys uh, go to go to Google and iTunes and, and rate us and also like you know give us some feedback I think that'd be fun to actually talk about your guys' viewing of the episodes because I know yeah, there's a couple people I, I, that are, are watching these out of order and that's fine too I'm not saying that's a bad thing pick and choose we, we've done what uh, this is the 29th episode or sorry 30th because we did the time element
0: you know, whatever. Yeah. Just let us know. Yeah, you know what we're doing next. It's never a surprise. That's so. true. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week.
1: Uh like next week, a stop at Willoughby. And I know we try to come up with something like really witty about this, about the episode, and I got nothing. So um just, you know, go have some go have some hot chocolate, put some marshmallows in it, goddamn it, like an American,
0: and yeah, enjoy. Enjoy your week. Yeah, and watch out for uh, creepy children sitting under your steps. I don't know.
1: a fortunate woman she'd be a homicide victim if she were less fortunate what about that child she keeps talking about the child is her at least she conjured up the child it was a part of her very deep inside a memory a, a recollection that finally had to come out and when it did it took the form of herself as a child Weird. really weird